Today we have a hand featuring Brad Owen, the master of video blogs, former accountant, and today he's playing against one of his accounting friends, and he decides to crush his soul with the eight five of hearts. Let's get right to it. We pick up eight five suited on the button. Under the gun limps in, I don't see it until I'm already in the process of grabbing raising chips. I'm not gonna change my point of attack now, except I raised a 40 instead of 30. Usually, if there's just one limper, I pretty much ignore the limp and play my normal range or just a slightly tighter one. I definitely agree with that strategy in general for the most part. I would say that I kind of shy away from the junkier suited hands that I may raise and some of the junkier offsuit hands I may raise from the button against the limp. And look, 8-5 suited's pretty bad. If Brad wanted to fold it, I think it's perfectly viable. If he wanted to limp it, I actually think that's probably not the end of the world as well. I think limping these type of hands on the button playing... 150 big blinds deep is fine too, but whatever, you can really go anyway in this scenario against a limp. Since in this hand, a player limps from under the gun, a spot where people sometimes limp monster hands, I could have reasonably folded or potentially limped in on the button too. The big blind calls, he's the only person at the table that I don't recognize, he's in town for an accounting convention. Under the gun calls, we're going three ways to the flop in position, the dealer puts out king, queen, ten, all hearts, we flop a flush and a multi-way pot. Checks to us. We don't want any more hearts coming out, otherwise our monster will turn into a hand with very little value. This board is also one in which a recreational player can easily overestimate the strength of a particular holding like top pair. In this instance, top pair is drawing nearly dead against us. I bet 100 for value and protection, no one will be folding the ace or jack of hearts for that amount. I expect to get some calls by two pair hands and straights as well. Alright, when they check to you on a monotone board, a board that contains three of the same suit, you typically, from a GTO point of view, want to be betting using a small size. And that's because when you're betting here, you should usually be betting in a multi-way pot with very strong made hands and high equity draws like the Ace of Hearts. And if you have a hand like the Nut Flush, you don't really care what odds you're going to give your opponent because they're drawing close to dead. A lot of people, though, make big bets in this scenario as a default because they think they want to try to price out their opponents so that they don't get outdrawn which does actually have a lot of merit if your opponent's not going to play anywhere near the GTO strategy. But your opponents from out of position should be very, very well aware that they should be folding a ton against a big bet. Like right here, when Brad bets 100, his opponent should be folding out a lot of hands, really. Any hand that doesn't have a jack of hearts or ace of hearts is certainly not loving it. I mean, if your opponent's sitting here with a hand like ace-queen, no heart, it's just a fold. It's an annoying spot, but you should fold. However, most players at five to no limit or lower are not folding ace-queen in this scenario. And they're certainly not gonna fold a random king, even though those are hands that they should fold. So exploitatively, I love this bet from Brad because he's gonna get a ton of value from a king, a queen, or a random higher heart. Sets from my opponents will be very unlikely with three Broadway cards out there since one player limped in and neither player three bet me pre-flop. Big blind calls 100, He's the person that I was interested in playing a big pot with the most. Under the gun folds, it's down to heads up, I'm rooting for blanks. The turn is the deuce of diamonds, it doesn't get more blank than that. Big blind checks, he's wearing my favorite outfit to see at a poker table, consisting of a suit jacket and a lanyard. His wristband is icing on the cake. I have a question for all of you. Do you, yes, you there watching, do you have any reads that you make as a default against players based on particular rather odd clothing at the table, such as a lanyard or a wristband or a party hat or whatever. Take a second, pause the video, 
and let me know in the comments section below. We're doing market research here. You take all of your reads, give them to me, and um, I'll make more, more money at poker. All right, let's continue forward. Businessmen who are in town tend to call light more often than they should. I'm gonna play into that. Going with all big sizes here, I bet 300. Occasionally, the big blind will have a better flush than me, and my stack will do a disappearing act. If I'm I definitely like a big bet in this scenario. When the opponent calls a big flop bet, it to some extent says they have a pretty good hand. So it's a pretty good hand on king, queen, 10 in most players' eyes. Well, it's probably gonna be top pair better. And the fortunate thing about this scenario is that most players will have raised the flop with a flush. And most players will raise the flop on the turn. So if the opponent does check call the flop and then check call the turn, unless they're particularly tricky, Brad can know that he almost certainly has the best hand on the river, allowing him to go for a nice, chunky value bet. Beat, expect to hear from the opponent right now. We just get a call. If we don't currently have the best hand, I'd be shocked. The river is the seven of spades completing the dream run out. The big blind checks himself, but that doesn't preclude him from wrecking himself. We've got 1,085 total. With our sizing throughout the hand, we set ourselves up well for a jam. It's a little more than the pot. We're going for it. We put the opponent to the ultimate test, much harder than any CPA exam he's ever taken. Since we don't get snap called, we can rule out being beat. I'm rooting for a call. I can see it in the big blind's eyes. He doesn't want to give it up. I have the face of someone who never has it in the body of Gumby. After a minute, the opponent flicks in a yellow bird for the call. We show him that on our way to the Upaton Peninsula, we took him to Value Town with a small flush. I got two degrees in accounting. I worked for Ernst & Young for a year. And I'm still technically a CPA, although inactive. This is by far the best experience that I've ever had that involved accounting. One thing worth noting. A lot of people in Brad's shoes do not go for the slight overpot all in in this scenario. They instead go for something like $300 because they really want to get called by a king or maybe even a queen. But in this situation, you have to realize if the opponent is just going to be calling station E, he may never fold a king. A lot of people in this spot will just put you on a draw or put you on trying to push him around and they'll find all sorts of calls. So very, very good job by Brad to get maximum value in this hand. I bet a lot of people would have left a ton of money on the table in this spot. Let's listen to what the opponent was thinking. I was putting you on ace of hearts with a queen there. Yeah. And I had a king in the open yeah. Our shove got called by King Jack with no heart, just top pair. I make a note to never bluff this guy, but instead go for value more often and for more money because he calls light. With this win, we're out of the hole today. We're up over $1,000, but we're not done. Nice job, nice work. Notice the opponent. Put Brad on ace of hearts and queen. This is a mistake that a lot of players make, where they get it in their head that you must have one particular hand. Clearly, the opponent was very far off this time because Brad had the 8-5 suited, right? A lot of people will presume that you play like they would play. A lot of players just put you on a hand because they don't know how to put you on a range. But in this scenario, it's very important to realize that against the under-the-gun limp, Brad's going to raise all sorts of suited connectors, all sorts of high cards, all sorts of suited aces, right? And he can have way more than only the ace of hearts and queen. It's also worth noting, there's only how many combinations of ace of hearts and queen? Well, there's one ace of hearts and there's three queens. There's only three combinations of aces heart, ace of hearts and queen. And that's not very many combinations at all. So the idea that you're gonna put your opponent on a very unlikely hand does not make sense. Instead, you must always put your opponent on a range. Now, Brad certainly could have had a hand like Ace of Hearts 10, Ace of Hearts 9, Ace of Hearts 8. Who knows, right? 
I don't know if he'll necessarily raise a limp with Ace of Hearts 7, but he may. But this is a situation where putting your opponent on one exact and unlikely hand does not make sense at all. So please do not do that yourself. That's me for today. If you enjoyed this video, do me a favor, click the like and subscribe buttons down below. Also click the notification bell and make sure you check out Brad's YouTube channel. He makes amazing video blogs and uh, I'm glad he got out of accounting. That's gonna be it for today. Good luck, have fun, and I hope all your flushes get maximum value.